so, uh, are extraordinary. I mean, it, 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 that's what is really transformative more than anything else. The flashes of insight are, are very, very transformative. Okay. okay, so we're at 7 o'clock. Let's admit yeah. everyone here. Okay, so let's admit all. Good evening, Hello. good evening, everyone. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi. Hi. You know, um, Mr. Narsimha, we were just talking about you today. It's crazy. Yes, you know, when Mini was saying, I haven't heard from them in a while. What is going on? You know, that's amazing. It's just, it's just such a, I mean, there's no coincidence, I guess, but <laughs> it's just crazy. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Nice to see you. Yeah, I'm nice to see you. you. Yeah, how are you, Milu? How are you, Didi? Very thank you. Then Nida, Vicky. Hello, Doctor Chatna. Hello, Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi, Hi, everyone. Hi. Nice to see everybody. Hi, Tracy. Tracy, how Hi, are you? How are you? Good. Awesome. Wonderful. All right. So, um, we're going to continue our dialogue, which we started last time. It's very interesting, and I'm going to give it to our moderator, which is Sachin Karnik, uh, and I probably go over and explain a little bit also again, since I think a couple of people are new here, um, just to give a little bit of a um, idea about what we're doing here. Okay, so I want to welcome all of you to Sunday evening's meditative dialogues. Uh, this is quite an extraordinary process. Uh, I learned this and others have also over many years. It is a type of meditation, but very different type, that really begins with exploration of a question. This is our third week, and we are going, we're continuing our in-depth examination, introspectively, meditatively, on the question of love. So what that simply means is that we are going to open up the dimensions of love together. This is not a hierarchical structure. It is not that Chetna or me or anybody else necessarily has an answer to what is being presented. It's for us to communicate together, examine together. And in doing so, uh, a good reflective process begins to open up. You know, so just a quick overview. So remember that when we ask a question, the question is the beginning of an inquiry. The question is posed with openness to discover truth rather than starting with a fixed conclusion. The question could be of any type, but our question is on love. Now, the question is posed for wisdom rather than merely intellectual debate. The wisdom is from inside. So every time I have engaged in this for the last, I would say, good 10 years in various places, various settings, it is new each time because we are new each time. So that's how that's the basic idea. Now, the fourth point here is very interesting that the answer to the question is hidden within the question itself. And so I'm going to share with you some of the different ideas that were presented uh, by the participants uh, before. And the idea that the answer is not a verbal answer. It is if it is flashes of insight, flashes of awareness. It's like those aha moments. Oh, I see it. I see it. It's directly looking. So it is a process that moves slowly and carefully. Now, just to be sure that everyone is on the same page as much as possible, Dr. Chetna Kripalu has created these podcasts that are in the newsletter. So if you go to the newsletter that was sent out today, and if you click on the podcast link, you'll see that there have been three podcasts uploaded so far. Every week there will be a podcast that is directly related to the inquiry that is going on on Sunday evenings. All right, so that is just for your reflection, that's all. Now, the other point here is that dialogue reaches natural intensity, depth, strength, and concentration. Okay, so where the mind is used as a tool for inquiry, to inquire into what is love is a totally different question rather than asking, tell me who you love, what you love. I mean, if you were to ask me, who do I love, what do I love, I can list so many things. But what is actually love is a whole different matter. That's a different stage of realization. That is what the dialogue is attempting to do. And I'm going to moderate the process and Chetna and others will also be part of this. And this is another interesting point. 
that this question is suspended, suspending the question in the group without starting with a fixed conclusion. As we move ahead, more and more opens up. And then I will moderate it to kind of navigate through that so that the question keeps opening further rather than closing with the conclusion. I hope you're following me. If you have a question about any of this, please ask, ask me because it's a very different approach for meditation, very different. It's not like closing your eyes and doing techniques and all that. Those things are, have their place and they're good. This is something a little bit different from all of that. All right, so let's keep moving ahead. Okay, let me move ahead here. So the statements made by the participants are used to, for further probing. And we will talk about choiceless awareness later on at some point. The significance given to words differs from person to person. Take the word love that is being used. Each one of us has our own experience, understanding, belief, mental uh, vision of this word and the reality behind it. Now, what I will do from time to time is kind of jump in there to kind of navigate the group a little bit in, in, so it maintains some boundary around the question of love. But there is no um, hierarchy in this, that we are thinking together, we are examining together carefully, step by step. All right, now let's keep moving ahead. There's three types of communication. These, these, these are just the background points. I want to make sure everyone is clear about them, and then we'll get started in the dialogue in just a moment. What is communication? There's verbal communication. There's nonverbal communication. And then, of course, communicating with one's own mind. It's the internal dialogue and communication that we have within ourselves. So that is also there. All right. This is a little bit more in-depth about, about the exploratory process about dialogue, but we'll get to that as we, as we move ahead. So let's move on here. This was the question from last time. These are some of the comments made on the 7th of February. You can see that there's a lot of interesting things. You know, this love is unconditional or not. This was discussed at length last time by the group. Just that first point only. Uh, and then this, these are all series of statements made on the 7th. Uh, so we want to just go forward from there and kind of see what this means. Now, what is interesting about this, where we left off last time with this entire question of love, was, was the question, is love a function of thought? Is, is love within the mind? Or is love something transcendent beyond the mind? This is what we were looking at last time with all of these points in place. It's a very, very fascinating question. And we want to start the dialogue with that today. Dr. Chetna Kripalu's um, podcast was on this also. As I mentioned last time, that emotion moves in a certain range. There are strong emotions of well-being, love, affection, positive emotions. There's also negative emotions also. But when we are asking love, what is love? Several individuals stated that love is within that emotional continuum. It's an emotion. And Dr. Chetna and some others were saying, well, love may be something beyond that completely. It's beyond our normal range of emotion. It is transcendent to emotion. It, is, uh, it may function within emotion. So this is a very intricate and very tricky question. The purpose of our dialogue today is to go further in this and to look within. Now, how do we do it? So I'm going to ask a question, and then we'll just unmute yourself, unmute your camera if you would like, or if you don't want to, you can just talk if you want, whatever you want, and, and, may, and try to reflect upon the question and see what's happening in the present. So, I'm going to, so the question I'm going to ask you is, is, is this one here, this, um, this fourth point here, the space of love. Oh, wait a minute, where did I go? Hold on one second here. The space of love. Is, is that the mind? You know, we all, we experience emotions. We all experience emotions. I'm going to stop the screen share just for a moment here. We all experience emotions. But are those emotions occurring in a space, the internal space that we call our inner space? What is that? Is that inner space love? Is emotion different from love completely? That all normal human emotions, are they at simply the mental level and and is, if there is something beyond the mind that we would say that is god that is love that is consciousness truth beauty whatever it might be assuming that there is such a thing how do we even approach that how do we even how can we even say there is such a thing this is where we left off last week 
So that's how the dialogue goes. So, that, so we're going to pick right up from there. Remember, the intention is not to try to convince each other. I mean, you may want to certain, express certain opinions or viewpoints. That's okay. But the idea is really to look without bias. That is called choiceless awareness, without bias. To examine carefully the questions. And these are not easy questions to examine. So we're going to begin with this. Where does love exist? This is the question for today. Is it in the mind? The mind meaning the five things, as some of you have heard me say before, thought, emotion, memory, desire, energy. This is our internal world. We are all aware of that to some extent. We have thoughts. We have all kinds of strong emotions here and there. Memories come up and then they seem to take over. Desires are innumerable number of desires are there. And we are certainly aware of energy, that there is energy moving through our entire body. There's no question about this. Nobody can deny the existence of these five things. There's a physical body. There's our thoughts, emotions, memories, desires, and energy. Universal. It's everywhere. Now, so on that basis, this is our question. Where does love exist? What is love? It's, we can just stay with that. And here's the one more thing I want to say. That the language we're using is only a symbolic representation of the actuality. The word love is not love. The word love is a, rep is a, is a, a linguistic representation of possibly something that really exists. Every language has a different word for that same thing. But what is that thing? You know, so in the dialogue, my request to all of you, one by one, as you want, start the reflective process. This is a form of meditation. You know, where is love located? What is this inner space? What do we mean by space? You know, for example, if I close my eyes, I'm gonna, I'll stop talking in just a moment. I just wanted to start it off a little bit here. If I close my eyes and sit for just 30 seconds and I'm awake, all kinds of thoughts and emotions and feelings, it's like a jungle. It just shows up, it's there. What is that? And what is, where is love in all of that? Okay, I'm going to stop talking here. I'll give, now you can unmute and let's, let's go with it. Because the time will fly just like that. Please go ahead. Before that, um, I just want to do a little bit of breathing. Yes. And just for a couple of minutes, we just kind of get settled here. Um, that way we can kind of explore a little bit more with a calmer mind. Um, so let's do the alternate nostril breathing. And then um, we can go from there, maybe like a two-minute like a, you know, we can do toning a little bit, just kind of get in with the, uh, and aligned. So, all right, let's start with the left and we'll end with the left. So we may do like five or six cycles. Take a deep breath through the left nostril. Hold. Breathe out to the right. Breathe in to the right. Hold. Breathe out to the left. Breathe in to the left. Hold. Breathe out to the right. Breathe in to the right. Hold. Breathe out to the left. Breathe in to the left. Hold. Breathe out to the right. Breathe in to the right. Hold. Thank you. 
Anyone can begin, no problem. Remember, the question is about love. What is, where does love exist? What is love? Where does it exist? Is it in the mind? Is it outside the mind? Is it in the body? Is it just a neurological phenomena? We have, of course, Dr. Chaitanya Krupal, who is a medical doctor, so we'll be able to get the medical perspective also. What is our experience in this? Um, uh, for, hi, everyone. My name is Tracy. Um, I, my first response, my, my pre-Zoom pre session response is um, that I believe my personal and also my, my uh, experience with what I do is I do believe love is a realized um, phenomenon and that there it is within the mind. And the only reason I say that is because when perhaps we are not within our sound mind, um, sometimes the way we feel about someone is lost in, in, in terms of, you know, dementia, confusion, uh, psychological um, illness. And, and so if there's not a realization of one's particular memory or their way they feel about someone, then um, at least the feeling of love is not projected or man it doesn't manifest in the behavior like that's my first response and then um counter to that my second response an example of how i know that sometimes love is maybe not so much um a mental effort or or within the mind i guess you could say is sometimes i find myself saying well, I'm not so sure why I love them or it or something. I just do. I can't. I can't put a tan. I can't make it. Uh, uh, I can't articulate why. It just is. And so I have. I sort of have examples of both. So all right. So I want to make sure that we are clear about what Miss Tracy was saying. And Tracy, uh, we didn't see your video. If you want to just talk on the audio, that's fine. But just we're just letting you know that your video was off. Uh, but you have the choice. You can keep your video on or off. It's completely up to you, all of you. I just want to reflect back what Tracy was talking about. There's about two very important points. That there are situations, and you correct me if I'm wrong, that when there's memory issue, some kind of memory damage or something like that has happened, it seems like the, the, what we call love, that seems to change. You know, So if a person loves somebody else and then they have some difficulty with their memory or some physiological problem, it doesn't seem like that love is there anymore. I think she was saying something like that. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And then on the other side, she was also saying that there are times that you really cannot ex express you know, why we love someone, but there is, there is actually only love. That it, it, is just, it is not possible to articulate it. It's just present there. That, it, that, we don't, that we don't, we're not able to articulate why it's there or how it came. It's just present by itself. These are two statements Miss Tracy just made right now. So let's see if we can go with that. And what are the other reflections on this? As you heard Tracy's statement, the way the dialogue works, to listen very carefully to what she said and examine yourself within is where, where, where do you sit with that? Is there any truth in that? What, what has that stirred you at all? Has anything happened inside in listening to her statement? That is how the dialogue works. And then if you are so inspired to say something about it, that would be beneficial for everyone as well as for yourself, then please do so. Very interesting distinction she just made. Very, very powerful. Is there any truth in that? What do you say? Please go ahead. I'm going to step in. I, I, I think love is consciousness and it's felt within the heart as well as within, and then it goes up to our, to our mind, our brain. I think there's a connection there. Um, and I'm going to relate the love I felt when I saw my first child being born. It was just unexplicable. It was... Mm -hmm went through hell to deliver <laughs> but I didn't I, I it was just so much love and just so much warmth and hope and all all of that so I believe love I believe for me love is the consciousness 
So when, and, and it connects with your mind. When and you, when you, when you use you the word dementia, mm -hmm. um, I, I think that not, not everyone that has dementia loses the capacity to love or to say, I love you. Sometimes they go into trauma of their past, which is very difficult. And um, depending on what type of dementia they have. And that's based on my experience of being in the, in the field for 40 years. But for me, I believe love is a consciousness. And yes, it connects, of course, with your brain. And then you have all the endorphins that, you know, we have all these chemicals that are produced, whether it starts as a consciousness in our, in our heart mm -hmm. chakra and then it goes into our mind. I really don't know how that works because I'm not a doctor. But um, I think it could be... It could be both. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. So, in having said that, is is love something that is really separate, uh, or it has an independent existence from what we consider the individual personality, which includes the brain, the mind, and includes you know physical health problems and and neurological problems, includes all that. So, is love something separate? from that entire mind-brain-body structure. Is that what you, what you were just saying? I think that's what I was trying to relate, yes. So, I think it's all connected. It's all connected, but if you say that love is something totally separate from, 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 you know, from our individualized self, or from our limited individualized self, if love is something totally transcendent to that, if that's the case, then is there any pathway to that? Do you see the question? If you're saying that love is consciousness or something that is independent from the mind-body complex, even though connected but independent, transcendent but, in but connected, I think, is that what you're saying? Yes. You are saying that. All right. You're saying that. Transcendent but intermixed at the same time. So then what is needed within us in our lives to actually touch upon that? To touch upon love? Yes, actually, the, the, the real, actual love, not just, not just the flux of the mind that we all go through. Is there any way to accomplish that? Is there even a path to accomplish that? Or is there, is there a way to, to touch that? Well, love is associated with happy things happy thoughts so that's how you might acquire it so okay happy, uh -huh. happy feelings happy times happy people <laughs> I feel like there's two different kinds of love um, like she was saying you know when you look at firstborn child that's more of an unconditional love but then love with other people is more of a choice okay but now hold that thought just for a moment just just so i can connect what the pieces are <laughs> that's my role here i'm just trying to connect what everyone is saying if you're saying that love is a choice then is that actually love or is that a mental quality Notice the, notice the difference. It, 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 if you assume that there is something that is love, that is transcendent to the mind, that is just pure, it's just a pure reality, then, then where does choice fit into that? I mean, is choice even connected to that? At the moment, I'm thinking so. Okay. Well, can you go into it a little bit further, Debbie? choose a mate and choose friends yes you know you can choose to love them or not love them at any particular time um, family is more of an unconditional love I mean you could you could throw that away too or choose not to do it 
But in the beginning, I'm just saying it's more unconditional. In the beginning, mm-hmm. so are yeah. you are you saying that love has some kind of a beginning to it, and end to it? Sometimes. <laughs> but if you say that, all right. So if, let's stay with that for a moment. If you say that, then are we saying then that 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 what you're calling love is really an emotional, mental quality? It is. It is a generated thing from the mind, from the neural, from the chemicals within the brain. It's a. It's. It's a brain phenomena. Yeah, it almost seems so. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's the oxytocin and all these different neurotransmitters are involved in different kinds of experiences, right? So, so, so that's so there's a viewpoint right there. There's a viewpoint that Debbie is presenting, which is actually called uh, more like a deterministic materialism. Uh, materialistic or reductive viewpoint in philosophy. I don't want to go into the technical stuff right now on that, but that's what it's called. The, the basic position in philosophy is that the, what we call the mind is nothing but the brain. The mind is an illusion generated by the brain. That's what some believe this, this way. And a lot of neuroscientists are along those lines also. So if you're saying that love is, 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 is something that emerges from the, from the brain, that it's a, it's a function of the brain, then that would be very different from what Chetna and some others were saying before, that love is something totally different from the brain and the mind and the body. See, so you've got two different perspectives, and this is a classic debate in philosophy. It's been there for the last, you know, 5,000 years. It's not something that we just came up upon right now. <laughs> it's been there for, and there are massive books written on this stuff, you know. But, but you can see internally what, where you're coming from in this. You know, that has really been an issue between the two. Massive, it's an issue going on right now. I I can show you so many philosophers like Daniel Dennett and all these people. These these are, these are people who say that there is only the brain. Mind is an illusion. There's nothing like soul or God or nothing. It's all illusion created by the uh, by the brain. That's that's their position. And then you've got others who are saying no, that's not the case. There's actually mind separate from brain, and there's actually soul and divine divinity and consciousness and all that kind of stuff that that uh, that, that someone else was just saying right now. You know, so just in, in, even within our group, we can see that there are some different perspectives here uh, on this. Very interesting. Uh, Chetna, if you want to unmute, please, we cannot hear you. Chetna, you have to unmute if you... Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. That's why this is a dialogue, because we want to put everything out there. And then the reason to put it out there is that we can see for ourselves what do we, what do we actually mean, you know, for ourselves. Because sometimes if we don't vocalize it, we don't, we don't hear it, you know, and then it kind of helps us clarify things for ourselves too. Uh, and so there is no wrong or, you know, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just about what your realization or experiences have been and what brought you to this point to, you know, reflect this way. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. So one thing I would say is when you're talking about choice, um, Debbie, that um, I think in my mind what uh, struck was it is more of uh, like or dislike, uh, meaning you liking somebody for what they're doing or they're not or, you know, that's a little different as far as in my, from my perspective, from love itself, because the main example, not example, the glimpses of um, usually the, um, um, you know, love is for me is when, um, you know, many a times when, uh, like you said about unconditional love. So that doesn't come from, if, for example, your child, that's usually the, the um, best example, right? When you're looking at the child, and even when they're older, yes, at that point you may like or dislike their choice, but you don't, you don't uh, not love them, uh, you don't, you, or you don't fall out of love. So that's the difference I would, you know, I would make in my head saying that there's two different. In the mental faculty which chooses to like somebody or doesn't like someone versus um, the love. So, and then also some glimpses you've had just because you're just. You just, there are some days you just, like Tracy said, you just love because you just love them. There is no cause and effect or reason or anything like that. So it's not because they made a choice of something which you like them for or, you know, anything like that. So that was just a comment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
that makes any sense. What do so, others have to say about this movie? So for, uh, for sorry, for, please, for, please, for please. instance, uh, the meaning of unconditional love when you see is that uh, for me, love is limitless. There is no boundary there. And, uh, and, we, and there is no fixed, and we don't expect anything in return, a demand from, like for instance, uh, we, when, we, when, we, when we love the person, we don't see their weaknesses. We all, when we say, we, we always look at their uh, positive qualities in love. So the, there is, and the, for me, unconditional means there is no limit without any boundaries and without any fixed demands and then and if there is no uh, and if the love is strong then no there is no insecurity and fear attached to it, to it. Uh, that's, that's what I feel by unconditional uh, meaning of unconditional love mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is that is that uh, statement being made, uh, uh, Shri Devi, are you saying that from your own direct first person experience that that is so? Yes, when we say unconditional love means we, we don't expect anything in return. And then, the, uh, and then the, definitely because we, there's no limit to l loving any person or anything in life that you so there is no condition attached, and then if and then you don't feel there is no fear or insecurity when it comes to it for unconditional meaning of unconditional love. That's what I feel. So just so I, so I just want to connect the different uh, statements together. Shri Devi is talking about something called unconditional love, where there is no expectation in return. There is just there is no fear. There is a great power present, something like that. She she's referring to. Now, in life, this ordinary life that we have, can we actually live that way without expectation? We always it's have... It's tough. Yeah, it is. It is to, it's tough because we always associate, uh, we always expect something in return. But when I say unconditional love means, we, the meaning of unconditional love is to love somebody without any expectation that it's called the pure a pure form of uh, love mm -hmm. uh, Debbie you were yeah. going to say something uh, Nida go ahead Nida Nida you wanted to say I have to unmute please if you want to speak please unmute uh, let's give Nida a chance uh, and then Debbie you go after her okay yeah, as, I, as I listen to all to everybody uh, there's like two two sides here one is like unconditional, the other side is, it's with the other side is having a choice, as what Debbie said. For, so the more I listen, the more I realize that for me, love starts with a choice. Because mm -hmm. like for example, with myself, I didn't love my husband in the beginning but I made a choice and uh, as we go forward, the more I love him and that continues up to this day. And with my child, with my children, I have two daughters. The first, with the first one, we'll talk about the first one. It was a choice to keep her. And then love follows, love flows love flowed from me. Very interesting. So the point that Miss Nita is making is that love is something that can be cultivated, that it can grow, even when it's not present in the beginning, it is something that can grow by the responsibility one has, or one is married, let's say, or one has a child, or maybe it's an adopted child, or something like that. There was maybe not love in the beginning, but it really grew as time went on. So, there, so she's referring to something that is growing from within. Very interesting. It's a very different idea compared to the notion that love is beyond the mind completely. It's a very different idea. That this is a growth that's happening. That, which is indicative of growth of 
the mind or some substance that is growing from within. Now, it's not a physical substance. So if we were to stay with this just for a moment, what is it that is growing? Because I think we could say in our, in our experience, at some point we have seen growth of love or what we call love it, uh, towards someone or something or some, some, some uh, person or group or whatever. You know, that there's a growth process. And now, it is what is growing actually love? Or is it attachment? <laughs> is, it, is it actually love? Or is love the same as attachment? Now you see how tricky this gets. You see, you see, you, you see how tricky this gets. Okay, so for example, let's say I, I get a... practicality? But, 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 but so, so, so in the dialogue, I'm trying to just trying to present to you a little bit of a distinction for your consideration that as you were listening, this propped up in my mind, what is that difference between that unconditional, pure love that Sri Devi was talking about, as opposed to love that grows? Is love that grows personal attachment? Are, are we just using a different name? Are we, are we using the word love for something totally different? I'm, I'm just throwing the question out there. I'm not trying to get, answer the question. Okay, folks, let's get in there. Miss Padma, just uh, opened her video. Please, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, hi to everybody. Uh, the question you raised, the love, if it's not there, it grows. That's what you are asking. Actually, love exists in everyone. Like the one person said, it's a consciousness. When you observe it, you see it. If you are not observing, you feel you don't have love from that person or this person or this object or like that. It's just love is eternal. It solely depends on your observation only. When you give it, you feel it and you give it, you feel the love back from the other person also. Like it's exactly come to the science action and reaction when you see. Every action has reaction, the same thing. When you give love only, you will get it back, the love. Even though other person won't see it, once you start loving each and everyone, they will also realize and even further, if you start loving the things, you will see everything is friendly only, even different situations also, difficult situations also, you can make it clear, you will get a clear thought process by loving also. So I have a question for Padma, just to clarify this a bit further. Are you saying that one can deliberately perform some kind of practices so, so that one can resonate with love or bring about love? Is that what you're saying? Yes, love is in everybody, everything. Unless you practice it loving, you don't feel it, you don't see it. All right, so that's my question. When you use the word practice... The growth practice, thing you asked, no? Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly, yeah. yeah it won't come without... A, it's already there. Right. Like the metal is there, when you shine it, polish it, it will shine. Like that, love is there. When you observe it, when you feel it, when you practice it, it will reflect on something else. Maybe it's on a friend, maybe it's on a children, maybe it's on husband. Like different ways, different kinds of love. Love is eternal. It is in everyone, everybody. Okay, so every living object. Right. So again, I'm going to use the her. The way of her, expression. Some people will please. express it. Hmm. The love, if you, some people, the way you express. Some people may have love, but they not be able to express it. So it doesn't mean that the person, the person doesn't have love for you. And some people are, by nature, very shy to express it. Okay, so just time out just for a moment. I, a lot has been said here. I'll, hold on one second. I just want to make sure this is muted here. A lot. There's a lot of depth in what, what Padma and Sri Devi are both saying. It's very deep. I just want to try to summarize it a little bit and so that everyone is kind of hope that we're on the same page. But Padma is still stating that love is already present. We need to practice expressing it. This is the, uh, and then she also said that we'll get it back. What Sri Devi is saying is that you may practice it, you may express it, you may try to express it, but some people are not that at that stage necessarily that they can give it back. So, so she, she was making that kind of statement. But I have a question just to probe on what 
Padma was saying, when you use the word practice, remember the purpose of the dialogue, and this is my role here as a moderator, is to really try to rein in the statements and words. She used the word practice. It's a very powerful word. When you use the word practice, Padma, can you go a little bit further? Open that word a bit, bit more, please, if you would. What do you mean by that? When you say practice, what, what, is, that, what is that actually? Like everything else, you can love only certain people without practicing. If you want to love everyone in the nature or everything in the nature, uh, it's a positive attitude you have to practice. That's the thing. The practice means positive attitude you have to. Positive thinking, positive thought process, not going for the negative things in the other person or the things around you yes so so when you say to practice a positive attitude it, that is indicative of a deliberate action that okay i can decide that i want to have a positive vision a positive attitude a positive perspective an attitude of gratitude as chetna has also said before all that kind of thing is practice based but if that's the, if that's the case then are you also saying that love is something that is developed or are you saying that through practice, love actually opens up, the love that's actually there just opens up through practice? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm thinking. So, 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 so you see the point she's making? She's making the point similar to what Miss uh, um, uh, Waldroni was saying. I, I, I keep forgetting your first name. Uh, Irene. Irene, Irene, Irene. Irene and what Chetna both were saying, and also our friend Pratap, but last time, uh, at the at the end end of the uh, conversation last time, all three of them were making this point that there is love, that is consciousness, that is eternal, that is something that is transcendent to the mind, and and it, it's just there, you know. So now what Padma is saying is that actually that love is there, whatever it is, it's there, but through practice, by positive attitude, positive vision, various practices, it may be possible to tap into what is actually already there. That's the point she's making. Okay, now, Debbie, you wanted to say something for a while, so I'm going to uh, turn it over to you for a moment. I know you were itching to talk for a while, so go ahead, please. <laughs> no, there was just something that came to mind before, talking about unconditional love. But I'm ju I just, because of some what someone was saying, but there... I feel like there still is an expectancy, even with unconditional love. So what you're saying, if I hear you right, that even that you may have as much un unconditional love as practically possible, but it's not completely possible to be in hundred percent unconditional love. Is that what you're saying? That there's always going to be some expectation. Yeah. Well, can it still be unconditional love, but you still have expectancy? Good question. See, look at that question. That's a powerful question. Can you, you have know, con I think the consciousness is unconditional love. But then when someone close to you or someone you that you love does something that is so foreign to what your idea of love is, right. then your mind gets into it and then you start trying to figure, you know, you try to start judging. I know I'm, I'm guilty of that. You judge because you can't believe that this person, if they love you, if they're a family member or whatever, could have done these things. So I think that's when the mind gets in the way. I think the consciousness that's love is unconditional, but then our head and our judgments get in the way. That's mm -hmm. what I believe. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Pratap, I think you wanted to say, please unmute yourself, Pratap, if you want to speak, please. You'll have to unmute yourself. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead, please. Yeah, I think that what she said, uh, that love, the consciousness is love, that is that is very correct. But the consciousness is you really are consciousness. So that means you are love. It's an intrinsic thing. Now, I just, let's, having said that, what I want to say is that most of us are identified with the body and the mind. So we impose a limit on our being, which is, uh, this mind, this body is Prata. And the rest is all different than me. So 
in that way there is a law in the mind that law is resident kind of a resident in the mind in the sense that it is opposite of what is not love hatred or something so that will be always a conditional law when we take ourselves to be the body mind based entity then the law that we will experience is conditional always because we we have somebody to put the condition on right so that's the first thing i realized and then law we generally people say that it's a give and take kind of a relationship so that's that's the characteristic of love in the mind which is always opposite dislike likes and all those things so that's one thing we have to know that and the second thing is that when we understand that we are not limited to this body and mind only as a consciousness is unlocated universal reality of everything so that consciousness is really we are and when we break this barrier of being limited to the one mind and body only then this law is everywhere and it is intrinsic nature peace love joy is all intrinsic and they don't reside in the mind but they descend in a very positive way from this consciousness that we are and and uh, we cannot go into the detail but we can prove that we are consciousness in some other setup but see that love is always give only it only knows how to love that's all there is nothing that expect to expect why because there is no body to expect there is no entity to expect there is no entity to practice nothing all this are just happens because it is our intrinsic nature and that's the love we really look forward because it has no opposite it loves it gives and when we have the setup like that if everybody understand realizes there is only one thing to love then there are 10 people they will all listen to the same thing and then they will also so it becomes a given thing automatically without anybody doing it and that's the love that that's once it catches you your mind and body that's it doesn't go away so that's what <laughs> see, we have to realize that what we really in essence are not the body mind based thing uh prasad thank you very much for that uh there was a, a person who wanted to speak next uh, miss niharika is it if you yeah hi sachin um uh, hi everyone niharika here uh so from my perspective i think what love to me is um is a continuous positive interaction between two you can say people between you and yourself between you and your pet um the more positive interactions you have the more sort of love develops from like and it gets more intense with time and i think to second point is how do you cultivate love and i think a lot of people have spoken about this that is definitely through practicing gratitude and uh, um as i think someone mentioned that if you sort of provide a positive um you speak to someone in, in uh, you provide love to someone you will get love back in return so um i think there were two questions i just thought i'd address it from my point of view so very very powerful so thank you very much pratap and niharika let me see if i can just kind of pull some of these comments together see there there are two strands of examination here one is that there is something that is just transcendent beyond the mind eternal pure unconditional love consciousness there is something like this that is who we are actually or that is god or that is something beyond us this is one strand of thinking another strand of thinking related to this which teresa initially started out with also was that wait a minute there really may be this entire neurological psychological framework that is responsible for generating what we call love that this is a this is a generated idea from the brain now if that's the case then what is the practical implication in our life that's a question and if it's actually also the case as what niharika was just saying that you have positive attitude and it should be practiced continuously as as padma was saying that this these kinds of approaches are needed some practice is required 
to unfold that, to open that, then there's a practical implication in that also. Because ultimately the purpose of our dialogue is to observe directly and to see if the act of observation, as someone was saying, but I think it was Padma who was saying that, the act of observation changes the reality. You know, so even, if, so for example, if an angry person is looking at me with anger, and if I'm looking, or there is compassion looking through me, that is something extraordinary, you know, as, oppo as opposed to my trying to be compassionate. Because then, then my ego is involved in that. I'm trying to be compassionate as opposed to allowing compassion to look through me. You see, so that's, that's another distinction also. And that's what Pratap was talking about. And then, the, so, so there's a role for practice and meditation and attitude of gratitude and positive thinking and all such things. There's a, there is a role for, but that is a mental practice, a deliberate practice. And, but it sounds like to me, if I'm not mistaken what Pratap is saying and what some others are saying, that whatever love may be, it descends. He used the word, it descends on the person. And now that's different from practicing it, trying to get to it. I hope everyone can see that difference in just our conversation here today. It's very powerful. All these enlightened masters are there, so I have to you know, bow down to them also. <laughs> Unbelievable. You see, it's very, very, very powerful. It, it, love is descending upon the individual as opposed to or, 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 or there's a different process, let's not say as opposed to, where one is cultivating practices to try to get to that. Can I add please, please. What I'm saying is the issue, the real issue, is to realize that we are not this body-mind-based individual that we are. And that would automatically, naturally take our place as this unlocated consciousness. We cannot discuss that too much here. Why? But I'm 100% sure that our identity is not this individual, but universal intelligence for consciousness. And that, that we are. We have to connect that. It's not just like a consciousness is now. It's okay, but we are that consciousness. It's our reality, and that will resolve this problem. So, so automatically, I mean, mm -hmm. naturally, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then you don't have to ask for what is this love and all that. Thing. You will know it. But not only love, but joy, peace, everything. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like that mm -hmm. the the mind is always getting in the way. Mind meaning desires, our opinions, our polarities, our likes and dislikes. These things are always getting, they seem to be coming in the way time and again, time and again. Uh, and I think I would assume that you would all see that that's the case. I think you would agree that that's the case. If you disagree, I'd want to hear from you, certainly. But it seems like there is, there is mind, there is this internal process that really seems to obstruct what is love. And is it, is it a possibility for us here in the present right now? to directly see the obstruction right now, not later on, not to delay that. Let's do it right now. Mind. No, no, mind is not the culprit. Well, who Even is... though mind is there and mind going to be there, and yeah. the mind is 90, uh, uh, more than half of mind is functional. Yeah. So we need it. But yeah. what is the problem is that we take our reality based on the mind-based sense of me. Yes. So I am right. limited. I am this <laughs> mind. That's how I act. I am this mind. Therefore, the one who is from this mind, Prata, he wants to manipulate the same mind out of which he is born. And that's our problem, in the, particularly in the psychological area of life. I mean, this religion, I'm Indian, I'm based on those. That was the psychological. But for functional purpose, mind is perfect. Yes, yes. The mind not to be blamed. You will see that the only uh, problem, also not blaming, but only problem is that we take mind-based uh, entity as my real self. And okay. then I fight with the mind. Okay, so I just want to make sure that it's clear what, what Mr. Bhattar was saying and see what others think about this. Please do chime in and give your reflections on this. He's saying that I, I, I 
happen to agree with them. We're not our mind and we're not our body. We're our consciousness. And depending on how we have been programmed, either by our culture, our, our religion that we were introduced to by our mother and father, then our mind tends to want to separate us from that consciousness that we really are. And we are all energy, we're all consciousness, and then we're also connected in a collective. I believe that. So I agree with Mr. Is it Mr. Bott. Yes, <laughs> that's right, that's right. You know what's, what's interesting? Now, we only have about five minutes left. So <laughs> there's one question that I do want to put out there, and maybe we can probably pick this up next time. This word consciousness has been used by several people multiple times, and I've kind of steered away from getting into that at all. But I do want to mention it because it's been mentioned many times. When we use the word consciousness, what are we referring to? You see, so, so when, um, when Irene uses the word consciousness, what is that? Is that my sense of being alive? Is that my sense of uh, is it some some just a just a, a a brain state that you know I'm awake right now and I'll go to sleep later on and I'll be and then once the brain stops functioning consciousness is gone. So when you use the word consciousness, Irene, if I may ask you, what what is it that you are uh, what is it that you're referring to? That's who I am. That's my energy consciousness. It's your energy. It's, yeah, my 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 consciousness is me and. It's the actual I me. to believe yes. that mm-hmm. the universal power, there's a spark of that universal power in all of us. So and that's what I relate to so, as my consciousness. So what is the relationship now? Okay, let's stay with this question. What is the relationship between the human mind, love, and consciousness? It's, it's all part of who I am. It's all, it's, it's, it all works kind of together. It all works. But is there a difference between... Love and consciousness, or are they the same? Love is a consciousness section in my mind. Love is, are you saying that love is an aspect of consciousness? No, love is one of the consciousness. Grace is another consciousness. I see. Yeah. Okay, very interesting. Karma is another consciousness. Sure. (laughs) If you you believe in karma, I do. Sure. There's, there's, I just want to give people who have not spoken at all opportunity to say anything that they want to say. If you want to say anything, you don't have to. Um, this is a, the, the goal here is to try to really reflect and look within. Because so much has been spoken here just today, within the last hour, that we could keep talking about it. But I think that the, the more important piece is to really, really look genuinely within. I mean, as, as I'm hearing everyone talk, there are so many ideas that pop up in my mind. This is just my own experience. But at the same time, love is an enduring mystery to me. I mean, it's, it's not something, it's not a finite object like this can of ginger ale or whatever. It's not some t- t- tangible thing. And Pratap was talking about that. Some others have said that this is not something tangible. Well, if it, and, and the mind is only used to those things that are tangible. So if it's not something tangible, then... then Okay, uh, Pratap, go ahead, please. Not located also. And uh, what I am saying is that if I ask you a question, are you aware at this moment of my words or the heart? Are you aware? Yes, yes. See how, how confidently you said yes. Yes. Right? Okay. Now, where did you then get that answer? <laughs> right. No, I, this is not a tricky question. I'm saying, when you say yes, I am aware. Is it something that you read somewhere? No, it's 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 Do direct. You have to make any effort. No, to, uh, no. Be aware. No, it's no. it's it's direct in the present. It's direct. If, if I say who am I, then can I ask you this question without first being there? Right. Exactly. I, when I say who am I? then I know for sure that I am, but I just don't know what. (laughs) So I am is there, right? When I say I am, I'm for sure, I cannot deny. Then in that, you see that there is an consciousness, which I call awareness, and a being. Because awareness knows being. 
without the awareness you cannot know human being so when i say i am aware that is not of the mind right there that experience is not of the mind because it was there even before the body was born because see otherwise you you have not read that hey god god comes and says that hey you are not aware i won't believe the god because in order for me to say no i have to be aware also so awareness is you can never deny that it is 24/7 ever present experience that we always miss and and that's what the whole attention should be to realize that this awareness is what i am if i say it's energy like you said so fine we can say that but if i say it's an energy then who knows that it is an energy that energy is the object of the consciousness so consciousness is even beyond anything and there is nothing other than the consciousness in this world as real okay as real but see okay. these ideas like as prasad was saying and some others have said also that there is something this infinite consciousness beyond you can also use the word god if you want or you know the transcendent god as in christianity or other traditions it, it there's the monotheistic tradition whatever it might be the actual unfoldment of that the realization of it is the key you know yeah, yeah. much more than the verbal community i mean even our attempt right now to talk about it is just the beginning of the process it's just it's, it's just at the verbal level and it is reflective but there's a difference between the concepts and ideas versus that which is actually there you know so the actual what i said is not a concept or idea right right it's not a concept so or idea you cannot deny cannot be the concept okay so I, if we are at 2802 we would need another 10 hours to open this all up further that's the beauty of dialogue the dialogue is very powerful okay. folks i want to express my heartfelt gratitude to all of you uh, on behalf of uh, the angel wing program i'm a volunteer with the angel wing program and of course my e- extreme appreciation to the brilliant vision of Dr. Chetna Krupalu who has constructed the Angel Wing program I just want to point out a couple of things before we end here that there's three ideas around which the Angel Wing program is built one is self mastery second is personal transformation third is upliftment of humanity human upliftment you know so the dialogue that we're having and the meditations and all the other programs are all part of this overall vision of Dr. Chetna Krupalu so many many thanks to her please be on the lookout for more meditations coming up and more workshops and all kinds of things coming up you'll be getting a newsletter for everything that you're getting now we do have yoga class starting on march 2nd at 7 a.m. for uh, nimish dayal will be doing that and we have morning meditations at 6:30 every day i'm sorry at 6 a.m. every day and then on wednesday evenings we have dr berman uh, presenting so that's those are our programs so far we have a lot more stuff planned please invite others please do become part of the process as we are building this brand new organization together remember there is no charge to anybody to be involved in any of the programs at any time so with that i want to thank all of you and i want to just uh, ask dr chetna gripalu to make some final comments please thank you so much for joining us and you know giving us this forum to actually in, you know figure out not figure out but just do this delving deeper and deeper So it is wonderful. So hopefully we're just going to open up more and more, and you know, go in inward, so we can you know come up with such amazing, um, you know, just awareness and awakening. You know, that's the whole thing about this. Because you're you're saying things and you're listening so carefully and realizing. So that's the part of the process. So thank you really so much, so much for coming and you know giving this time for me because again it's a time of reflection and more introspection and much much more. So again, um, I like Sachin said, just please, you know, pay attention to the newsletter which comes out, so that uh, you can, you know, know what are the newer programs. The yoga class is going to be awesome. Uh, this gentleman is amazing. He's young, but he's so knowledgeable and uh, very experienced as a yoga master. And uh, so he would be presenting every uh, Tuesday from March second, and then we'd have some other. guest presenters also as in you know when they're available to help us um, with this whole process um so that will be so it's once a week on tuesdays from um 7 to 8 in the morning yes and he is going to be zooming from india it'll be in the evening for him 
but uh, that would be wonderful. <coughs> All right. Thank you again. Thank okay. you so much. Till I see you again next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye. Good night. Thank you. Good night.